Okay, people, so it is part two of this week's Echo Chamber. And people, we have got fire for you. We are looking at a new indie horror flick from, man, a crazy creative family. And then we speak to that family, people. Trust me, this is one that you do not want to miss. So, uh, yeah, are you ready? Are you ready, people? All right, let's get it popping, shall we? Okay, people, as promised, we're starting off with the film. All right, so let's take a look at Hellbender. Okay, people, so, hey, have you, do you ever get the... You know, I mean, feeling that one you've watched a film, right? You've watched a film, and then it's like, how the hell didn't I know about this, right? And not just the film, but the creators behind the film, especially when you find out it's their sixth piece. It's like, What's been going on? <laughs> Why did no one tell me about these motherfuckers, right? That is exactly the feeling I got when I finished Hellbender. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, people. It is great. Now, here's the thing. I was meant to watch it as part of Final Girls Berlin, but, right, we we um we were looking at interviews and it, it you know it was felt that hey maybe we talk about it for the shutter launch and I was like yeah why not I'm so glad I did that because boy I so want to talk to these people now the film is oh, it's crazy it is crazy so right? It's from a filmmaking family. And when I say a filmmaking family, I mean a family, right? The mum, the dad, and the daughter wrote and directed. And the other daughter also stars in the film. You know what I mean? So um, we have John Adams, Toby Poser, and Zelda Adams. Zelda's the daughter. Okay, so yeah, they wrote and directed this. Um, they also wore a few hats too. Toby, she um, produces the film. John handles the music. Cinematography is John and Zelda. Uh, John edits the film. Toby handles costume design. John the, runs the sound. You know, I mean? um, Trey Lindsay handles visual effects. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> we finally have someone else up in the mix, right? And then they all hand, uh, um, handle cameras. It's incredible, right? Oh, we also have Samantha Lindsay. She helps out um, with effects. So the film stars. Uh, so we have um, Toby Poser as the mother. Zelda as Izzy, uh, her sister Lulu Adams is Amber, John is the uncle, 
We have Rinzin Fonden as AJ, Kenzum as Ingrid, Sean Wilson plays a ranger, Judy Rosen plays the grandmother, Rob Figuera plays the pool owner, Tez McKeegan is the shop owner, um, yeah, John Adams Sr. is even in the piece as a man in the shop, right? Yo, how crazy. Wait, Viola Adams is a, a kid in the village. It really is a family affair. Patricia Adams is a villager as well, you know? <laughs> so what is the film about? Well, I will tell you, 16-year-old sixteen-year-old Izzy leads an isolated life on a lonely mountain top. All she's learned is from her protective mum and the wilderness that swallows them. Izzy dreams of a live gig, but her mother thinks she's too sick and mustn't be around others. Questioning her illness and starve companionship, and starve for companionship, Izzy sneaks down the mountain where she befriends brazen amber. Izzy is in heaven until a cruel drinking game with a live worm unleashes a new kind of hunger, 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 hunger. <laughs> Yo, people, right? So I I really had no clue, right? It was just, it was playing at um, Final Girls Berlin this year. I, you know what I mean? Just the, the visual, the poster was interesting. And yeah, I just basically try and look at everything. So it was just like, yeah, I'll look at this. You know what I mean? Why not? I, 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 yeah, I had no clue what it would be. So when it opens up and we've got this kind of olden time village, I'm like, oh, it's a period piece, right? And we have someone, you know, doing the gallows jig. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. All right. They're really bringing you in. You know what I mean? We're starting hot. So we have all this crazy, then something insane happens, right, and out of nowhere, we're now in a gig, I, I say gig, it's a two-man gig, right, and, and we're like, wait, what, what, what just, ha what just happened, <laughs> you know what I mean, and we're like, um, oh, is this the opening, Oh, they got a funky opening, right? Opening credits. And then you realize, no, that's not what it is. And, and you're just like, huh, what do we have? Because we got the, the mother and the daughter, you know, they're kind of dressed like, um, oh, my gosh, who is that? Oh, man. There's a there was a, a rock group and the guy wore a, like the um the hat right the uh 
old-timey top hat, you know what I mean? Can't think of who the fuck it is, but they're kind of dressed like that, like a kind of adamant, adamant kind of feel, you know what I mean? Um, and you're like, whoa, this, this is interesting. And and then we get into the film, right? And you're it's this crazy thing, but you're not quite sure what's going on, right? But it's this mother and daughter, and they're like real close, you know, real close. It's like this real crazy bond. They got they're in a band together, and you're like, oh shit, okay. But you kind of get the feeling, all right, there's something off. And especially, you know, when, um, you know, I think the only inkling is, you know, when the daughter's like, oh, can I come? The mum's like, I'm going into town. And the daughter's can I come? And it just gets brushed off. And you're like, hmm, what does that mean? Right? What's that? What's going down? Um, so that's your first inkling. And then I think it's like 15, maybe 20 minutes in. Then you get something, and you're like, oh, oh, shit. Okay. All right. What does this mean? Because it, it does play a little bit like um, maybe a kidnapping scenario, right? That's, I, to be honest, yeah, when it started, I thought, oh, is that the twist? Is that the twist? You know what I mean? Some Stockholm syndrome kind of thing. You know what I mean? Because the mum seems real possessive. And also, we, we see some real weird stuff, right? Like their diet. The diet is a bit off. Their diet is a bit off. And you're not quite sure is this what we're really seeing? Or is this like, are they playing like with metaphors or something, right? That, that's what you do wonder. And there's a shot of the mum sitting on the stairs and she's got a bowl in her lap, right? And she like mm, eats a few bits and you're like, oh, oh shit, mum's snacking on sweets, right? And we find out what kind of sweets are later in the film. But yeah, this it, it really gives us a lot. But the, the, the twists, the twists are crazy. The twists are crazy. And also the turns the actors have to give us here. All right, because... We really do feel Izzy's like hunger for friendship, you know, like she seems very content in her own company. But I think once the uh, the worm, as it were, you know, I mean, the worm of knowledge comes into her sphere. You can see that worming away, worming away and getting her thinking. And once she's thought of, you know, oh, there's people, friendship. Hmm. I could have a friend. 
right? We, we see that. And it's just in, like, turns of the head, like, coy little smiles, blushing. It is handled so well. It is handled so well. Is he just exudes this shy, shy girl, this shy girl, right, looking for acceptance, but still not wanting to, you know, upset her mum, right, and, and all of this is there, but then we've got the mum, right, who is, you know, concerned with the daughter, who is thinking, what's happening i think something's going on right so so we get all of that people it's great you know zelda and toby kind of we you know what i mean they're our primary people in this film and it, it's yeah what they bring what they bring and, you know, mother and daughter in real life, you know, we get that bond, right? That bond really does come through the screen. Now, Lulu, right? Lulu isn't in it a lot, but again, man, Lulu is this, you know, crazy character, Amber. And we we have, you know, she's that person who's like, who the fuck are you looking at? Oh, you just want to hang? Okay, let's hang. You know what I mean? Just that carefree kid. And that really does come across like, yo, roll with me, man. We're golden. Let's go. Right? That... They, they just smash it. They really smash it. Now... The acting, the story is fantastic. Story is fantastic. Another thing that really works, right? So the, the mum and the daughter are in this band, and we often cut to them practicing and playing. Every time it's a different get-up. But it's not just that. Right, it isn't just oh, we get some fun with the band, right? That's the um, you know, amuse bouche in between scenes. No, 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 people. These sequences are kind of shot like a music video, right? That's the thing. We get these crazy different camera angles and techniques at different moments in the film. Right, so now we're in this music video, and it's incredible. It, it really brings you in. It gives you that feel. You know I mean, so it, it, it's this incredible camera work. There's a scene when Izzy is, you know, walking along a waterfall, and the way the camera shifts angles, so we're, we're going, like, looking up at her as she's stepping and moving, it, it, it's, it's fascinating the different looks that were given, right? But it's not at the expense of the film, 
right? It, it's not getting too crazy. So it's just like, ah, I can't concentrate, man. Like, that's too different from that. I'm, I'm out of the film. No, you're in it. It keeps you in. And then with these other effects that it hits you with, when um, some other stuff is going down, these trippy effects, these trippy effects, which is incredible. Now, there are special effects too, right? I have to say, they have really nailed the I will never be able to lose my keys thing. <laughs> what they do with that? You're like, yo, okay. But there's this odd tunnel thing. And it all looks very good. Like, it's an indie film, but it doesn't look, it doesn't look cheap. It doesn't look like, oh, I mean, that was really good, but oh, they didn't have enough to really make that pop. No, everything works. Everything pops. Everything is of a level. People, right? There, there's, I forget where, but there was some blurb going, uh, the best film of the year. I mean, listen, it's only February, right? It is often crazy when people do that. Like, best film so far this year. Like, not even so far this year. It's like the best film of the year. And it's like, yo, chill, son. It's February. <laughs> but, hey, ain't gonna lie. This really is a great film. Right? This is really a great film. Right? I... I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year we are going. Hey, one of the highlights of the year was Hellbender. The quality is that good. Honestly, people. So, yeah, it hits Shudder. It's a Shudder exclusive. And, people, it feels right. It feels so right that this is going to be a Shudder joint, right? It hits Thursday, the 24th of February. Yeah, Thursday is the 24th. I remember a minute, I'm like, oh, is that right? Did I get that right? Right. So, this is another perfectly great reason why you should get frigging shudder people. You know what I mean? It really is. Because you need to check out Hellbender. I, I, you know, I mean, this family, not only did they act in, write, direct, also wrote the fucking music. I mean, if, if Hellbender isn't supporting, you know, what I mean, um, oh my gosh, Josh Homme's band, Queen of the Stone Age. This is like, yo, what's that? Yeah, if they're not supporting Queen of the Stone Age. What the fuck is going on? I, I want to hear the music. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, oh, this song. This is some catchy shit. Okay. Okay. So, hey, go go watch this film. Go. Like, when have I ever steered you wrong, Pete? Come on now. It's me. This is Echo Chamber. We don't steer you wrong. All right. So go check out Hellbender. You really will not regret it.
Okay, so now, people, we get to talk to the creatives, right? And the creatives are the Adams family, right? We got John, Toby, Zelda, and Lulu. And as I promised, people, it is awesome. So sit back and let's get this popping. Okay, people. So I am joined today by the Adams family and not the Adams family you may remember from years past. This is the new improved gang. We have got John Adams, Toby Poser, Zelda Adams and Lulu Adams. People, thank you very much for stepping in and having a conversation. Thank it's you. So nice to be invited. Thank you. Hey, no worries. But yeah, we are here because your new film, Hellbounder, Hellbounder, Hellbound. Yeah. Wow. Whew. Hellbounder is just about to drop on Shudder. Now it's already been killing it on the festival circuit. But yeah, it's gonna hit the you know the platform for horror which is, it does seem like a perfect fit. Does seem like a perfect fit. Um, how do you feel about that? How did all of that come about? Uh, we, well, we're pretty, we're pretty happy. Uh, so we, our last film was called The Deep You Dig and we premiered at a fantastic festival called Fantasia in Montreal. Fell in love with those guys. Um, they gave us such a warm welcome. And so when we were finishing uh, this film, we sent it to Mitch Davis, who's the head of Fantasia. And we were like, do we have something here? We didn't even know. We we're like, what, what, what do we have here? And he said, well, you got a premiere if you want it. And we're, it's really like, hell yeah. So, um, and, and then we, uh, we, we knew the great guys at Yellow Veil Pictures and they introduced it to Shudder. And Shudder also reached out to us with open arms and we couldn't be happier because they love the film and they love filmmakers. Yeah, one of the things we love about Shutter is we love uh, the subscribers at Shutter are, you know, like like they just love horror. They love all kinds of horror. They love every genre within horror. So when Shutter said, "Hey," uh, when they approached us, we that that was the pinnacle of where we wanted to be because uh, they're just a terrific organization and they've also communicated with us and talked with us like what we are, which is just a small family. So that's really important to us too. I mean, that sounds great. Yeah, it, it seemed like a perfect fit. But I need to come back here because I I don't know if you're telling the truth to me, right? Because you were like, you sent it to the guys and were like, have we got any? How did you not know you didn't have something, right? <laughs> how, how did you not know you had some gold on you, right? I was shocked just to find out that this was your sixth joint because I feel so bad I have not, come across your work before but after watching this i was like yo why did no one tell me about these fucking people <laughs> how did you not know after five films you're still like oh is this any good whoa what's going on people i think part of the issue was we had such we had such a great time making hellbender sometimes when you're making art and it's just you and you're having such a good time you kind of wonder like 
okay, I know I'm having fun, but is it good? You know what I mean? And so honestly, we were done. We really liked it. It felt good, but it was like, we should really get an objective person to look at this because subjectively, we're looking at us, you know, driving in Texas and being on the coast of Oregon. And it's giving us those emotions of like, oh my God, remember that day when Lulu almost got swept away into the waves, you know? So it was important for someone to look at it as just a story and not a diary. And yeah, and also this was only our second horror film. So it's kind of nerve wracking, you know, it's like, oh God, they like the first one. Are they going to like the second one? What if they hate it? And then everything else we make is, you're just, you just feel extremely vulnerable. Each movie you make, it's like, oh God, they better like this one or else they're not going to like me anymore. <laughs> and Kevin, and so, we're making another one and we're asking the same thing every day. Uh -huh. We're like, is it good? We better make sure it's good. <laughs> I think every single morning there's three words that uh, we say. Are we stupid? <laughs> no, you're not stupid. Good. I'll make some coffee and let's get rolling. <laughs> oh, shit. Another joint come that Now, that's fire. Everyone's going to be happy to hear that. But how is the, the process? Because you all direct, you all write. So how does that work? A lot of times, you know, someone comes up with an idea and then brings it to the family and we all kind of just add on to it and like pick at it and this beautiful idea forms. So there's a lot of business meetings spent at breakfast and on the drives to soccer practice where we're talking about what we want to happen in the film. And then as soon as possible, we try to just get cracking on like filming it because that's kind of our motto is like, to just go out there and start just go out there and do it. And, you know, sometimes we don't exactly always know uh, what, how the movie is going to end, but as we're filming it, we kind of figure it out. It kind of just comes naturally, I would say. Right guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Hellbender, that definitely happened. We didn't know how it was going to end, but we knew the story we wanted to tell. But it's just like your own life. You're, you're not sure, you know, hopefully you're telling the story you want to tell as a human being and uh, you're not sure how it's going to end. <laughs> and that's the way Hellbender was. And it was fun when we finally got to the ending of Hellbender and the decision was made, I think by Zelda, just by spitting out a sentence. And when she spit out that sentence, which I won't reveal, um, we were like, oh, that's how the movie ends. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and okay, so Zelda was was able to do that. Did she also be like, I want to fuck with my sister? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> because if I'm Lulu, I'm a little pissed. This is how this one went. And in the next one, I'm going to be the one laying the smack down. That's what I'd be thinking. <laughs> Hey, why'd you bring that up? <laughs> you know what? I would say it's the other way around, though, because Lulu is the one that always likes to make me uncomfortable and eat things I don't eat meats and stuff I don't want to be eating. So I'm sure she was the one that came up with an idea. Oh, we should make Izzy eat a worm. You know? <laughs> I don't usually do this, Z, but you're so full of shit right now. <laughs> yeah. because when we walked, when we went back into the trailer at night and we had like made Lulu sit in the ocean waves or sit in the rain and pour blood all over, you were like, that was kind of fun, wasn't it? <laughs> you were loving torturing that poor girl. We had her in military bunkers in a bikini below freezing. And we're like, 
One more shot. <laughs> One more shot. One more shot at that time you laid a fart right by my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we're not very, well, maybe it's, are you stupid? Yes, good, let's keep going. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. All right, so how did you kind of conceive the shots of the film? Do you storyboard it? Like, what's that process like? Uh we really don't storyboard if you know i it's kind of like that word's not even in our vocabulary we're kind of like wait what's a storyboard <laughs> but oh, you are stupid you just laid it out for me <laughs> uh, you're starting to figure it out <laughs> we kind of <laughs> We kind of just go into it like with it with an idea of uh, what we want to happen and a lot of times someone will take control in the beginning of a scene and control the camera normally who who is behind it and is not acting in front of the camera and if someone else has an idea we'll shoot it like three four different ways and then we'll go home put it in the computer and see which way visually looks best yeah, I would say, honestly, like story, we've tried storyboards in the past, but a lot of the time you get into a room and the light's not w w what you what you expected or just the way it's being delivered isn't working. Like we're shooting a scene right now, right above this ceiling here. And this is the third day we've gone back because we actually did storyboard it. And, and the storyboard just kind of fails because everything's not, you just can't, you got to keep your mind open to how everything changes, the environment, the actors, the, the lines and stuff like that. So in a sense, we have a mental storyboard. Probably each of us brings our own mental storyboard to each scene because Zelda's idea of what she wants out of a scene is a lot of the times different than Toby. And Toby and I also have different ideas about what we want. So I think everybody brings their mental storyboard and then we hash it out on set. And I'll add something too, you know, because we don't have fancy equipment, we usually just travel with one camera and a couple small uh, mics. We, we really rely upon what uh, nature or, you know, what's in front of us is thrown our way. And so if, you know, it's often like our nature will give us the best storyboard. It'll be like a crooked tree, you know, with its finger pointed at you and we're like, thank you. There we go. Thanks for throwing us that bone nature because we didn't do it, any of the heavy lifting. And then we, we always have our camera with us and there you go. Now, that's interesting to me because the one thing I noted when I was, you know, recapping the film was the fact that it didn't look like an indie film. Right? Oh, so cool. it, it's like when we went through the different shots and everything like that, the the quality is just it's there like in everything the story the acting the performances the, the visuals it, it's crazy so you being like oh we've only got one little camera and it's just like <laughs> what are you doing all of this <laughs> you know it's the, well, the other big thing that really jumps out as well and i don't know if you know it was fully intended but the, the 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 music 
in the film, every time we cut to those, it feels like it's a mini music video. And it's incredible because it's shot completely differently from the rest of the film. So then we get these like mini vignettes, your know, music videos, and you, the ex the viewing experience is incredible. It's incredible. Oh, wow! Thank oh, you. Yeah, yes, This those music, yeah. Go, Z, go ahead. Uh, well, Hellman is actually born from a music video. We. We, like three years ago, we were making a, a music video for a song of ours called Black Sky because we're a band. And uh, it, was, it ended up being super witchy and we made some really psychedelic editing mistakes. And we were like, wow, you know, we kind of have to use this new mistake and this witchiness in a new movie. And so that's kind of where the idea of Hellbender was born. And we wanted Hellbender to be really, really fun. And a way to do that was with the music that we create. And so it was really fun kind of just having multiple music videos within the movie. It's almost a little bit like a musical, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it really, because I think sometimes there is the, the, the worry of being pulled out of a film, right? When it cuts in different ways and we're getting all these different looks. But you were able to keep us really just engrossed. It was just like trying to work out where this was going. Because I, I, I said, it starts off and you wonder, is this some kind of Stockholm Syndrome thing going on? Like, are you really, you know, Toby's daughter? Is there, like, is there something else? Is there some more craziness that's going to happen? Then we get the incident in the wood and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, it's that. And, but then more stuff going down and you're like, yo, where is this going? And so you're <laughs> just on the edge of your seat going, yo, what are these crazy motherfuckers going to do next? You know? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's so nice of you. I mean, if you say that, that's the, what we sounded like on set. Where the hell is this going? Keep going, keep going. <laughs> So how how long does it take you to like shoot it all? Uh, I say it depends like on the movie, but this one I think took around a year because it is throughout all the seasons. It was really important to us to get each of the seasons since that's such a huge theme within the movie as well. And we edit as we go uh, since we are shooting within a season, which has, you know, limited time. We have to shoot while there's still snow on the ground, while there's mm. still leaves. So we edit as we go. Um, so if we didn't get it, we can just go out and get it that day again or the next day. So around a year, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And have you had any formal acting training or did you just be like, oh, let's try this thing out and see how it goes? Yeah, actually, I, I've been acting since I was a teenager. I actually went to school in London at Goldsmiths College, where I studied ah, acting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had a great experience there. And then I, um, and so then I did a lot of theater. And it was actually when um, I was in almost, maybe on the brink of 40, we were living in Los Angeles, and I just wasn't getting offered acting roles. And John was on this kind of fun rock and roll reality show so he was on a set and liked that vibe and the girls 
were really into Twilight at the time. They were six and 11. So we said, well, fuck it. Let's just make our own films. And that's what we did. We, we set out on the road in a really old caravan for a year. And we learned the ropes of making a film on our first film, Rumble Strips. And now, you know, I think we're, we're seven features in. And we all act. Yeah. And they're all much better than I am. No. Okay. And before yeah. that sentence. No. <laughs> Zelda and I had only they're done naturals. bits of theater as like kids pretty much, I think. And like a little bit of kind of trying it out, but nothing formal at Toby's level. You know, it's child theaters where you sit in the background and you go. <laughs> but when we started there's a YouTube video out there when we first when our first when we first came up with the idea to make a film and we posted like a video asking questions about any advice we could get. And Lulu, I would say, was the most enthusiastic about this whole idea. Yeah. In fact, she runs the whole YouTube video. She's like, Mom, you can talk now, and dad, you can talk. And she was like really into this whole idea of making a movie and being an actress. And it was really cool. It was a fun way to kind of show both of our girls like oh you have a dream uh let's try to fulfill it and see if it's a good dream or, or something you want to do and it was a really interesting process for all of us no I, i i like that mindset because i think too many times people are waiting for someone to give them something you know whether it's like a break or or not even a break right some people are getting some roles where they're like oh, I, i i'm not getting the starring role i want and then it's just like all right i'm gonna sit around and wait for it to happen and it's just like people we have the opportunity to you know what i mean do our own thing and especially now with the way technology is yeah. so the fact that you all are just like you know what let's do this shit that's That's crazy. That's great. I love that. And the performances. Yo, let's talk about the performances. You know what I mean? Because there's so many things that can throw you out of a film. But when you're watching this, you, you felt the... You, you, first of all, you felt that connection between mother and daughter. Right? Awesome. And, and it's the band and all of that. But then there was that acorn of inquisitiveness when the hiker's like, oh, my, um, yeah, my daughter lives over the mountain. Oh, you're about the same age. You could be friends. And you see little Zelda being like, a friend? <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just like the first meeting, like, because I was like, Amber, not so, not so friendly at first. Hey, fuck face. <laughs> you know I mean? like yo shit i don't know if i want to talk to that girl <laughs> you know I mean? there's that brashness but it was still that that warmth to be like hey new girl come let's hang out you know come meet my friends and all of it just felt so genuine you know I mean? that was a crazy thing it nothing seemed fake forced It, it felt very natural. It felt like real natural conversations and the way people would act. So watching it, you wouldn't think that there's no, be like, oh, you know, you'd think, oh man, these, these guys must've been training for ages and you know, yeah. going to these schools and doing this and you know what I mean? But like to learn all of that on the fly, that's impressive. That's really cool. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I, I do think we are lucky because we have the advantage of being a family. So like in the scenes with 
Toby and me, like, there is that extra level of connection. Like, oh, I am with my mom. Like, I love her so much. And I just feel that warmth even in front of and behind the camera. And that's so why, why. So why you do that to her face then? Huh? <laughs> why you do that to her face then, Zelda? <laughs> don't, sit, don't be sitting there being like, yeah, and I feel that warmth. And now it's my mom and I love her. And uh, <laughs> be like, what's that about? Hey, she did it to me too. So Zelda <laughs> loved doing that part. And then when I said, "All right, now we're gonna now Toby gets to do it to you," I was like, "Wait, what? What happened? What happened? <laughs> Which one you all picked me?" Uh, I got a question if you don't mind, because it's on the, on this thread with you. I would love to know because I love uh, Lulu's performance, and Lulu hasn't acted with us. She wasn't in the deeper you dig with us because she was at college. But Lulu rolled into this movie, and I think she changed the energy of our films in such a great way. And I would love to hear what you think about your character and how you like to portray what was real and what was you. Oh, thank you. Well, kind of just similar to Zelda, it was pretty much that we also had that bond and there was that relation of wanting to mix with Zelda, like, there was always that side of, I want to mess with Zelda a little bit. You know, I'd make her eat a worm now that I have that idea in my head. Um, but there was a lot of that, but it was kind of fun to work off of that. But I think our character, we were talking about a lot of deep and dark things and things that were hard to process, that it was really important to have some fun in those scenes and, you know, make like a playful other choice of the lifestyle that could have you know she could stick in this life with her mother and stay at home she could join this kind of socialite life and lulu kind of is supposed to play like an enticing punk who represents like that teenagerhood and fucking up but in a fun kind of innocent learning way and so hmm. i think that was another tie into another world for zelda and a little bit of comic relief for the audience to kind of relax a little bit as they're processing all that dark stuff yeah yeah, no, definitely. But it, it kind of felt like um, co the comedy in Blade, right? Because <laughs> I, I thought that comedy, it, you know, there was those funny moments, but it still didn't take away from the film itself. And so it was like, you know, amusing just seeing these interactions with these kids. But it wasn't like over the top. It wasn't ridiculous. You'd be like, yeah, I could see kids doing that shit. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I, that was the uh, that was a great thing about those kind of sequences. Thank you. you know, so. That's another Did fun you... thing also about us and with the other people who are in the scene, the other kids. Um, you know, we all get to have a say in our characters' roles, and it's not a set script, you know. So we can all be like, I just don't think a teenage girl like who would be hopping from house to house would say something like that. Like we can kind of be like, I can resonate with this teenage girl. I would never fucking say that. Or this is definitely what I would say. This is definitely what I called Zelda when I was trying to get her to do shit. Things like that. They're really fun to kind of have that leeway. And yeah, you guys can say some more. Well, it was that. also fun to to not have the, so the teenage, uh, the, the boy that basically sets up the trick to get the girl to drink the worm. It's funny, in most horror movies, you he'd be the first on the death list and he'd get a nice gruesome kill. Like, But what was mm. fun was, that, those two squeak off with zero repercussions. You know, they just dance off into, and it was kind of fun to just let them go. You know, I think hopefully the crowd's like, oh, that dude's going to get fucked first. And, but he gets to dance away with the bottle of tequila. 
<laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. It, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't necessarily go with the beats that you usually find in a film about this kind of thing, right? It is slightly different, and especially like the way it all ends. And I did love the way it ends because it's that role reversal from the very beginning of the film. And it's just like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Like, yeah, um, we had fun with that whole idea. Because we're hoping that people wonder, we're hoping that people... <clears throat> We're hoping some people are rooting for the daughter and some people are rooting for the mother. Hopefully it's that confusing of uh, like that both of those characters both are important to the audience where they're like, I don't know, I feel for the mom. Like I, I think the mom was cool and the daughter was fucked up, you know, or vice versa. Like no way that the daughter was the protagonist here. We're hoping that people aren't really quite sure who's the antagonist and protagonist. Yeah, I, I think it is very it feels balanced in the way that you can see the point of view of what the mum was trying to do. And yeah. you can understand why Izzy is a bit like, ah, I want to try this shit. I want to do this. So, you, you know, oh, you know, what I thought was true might not be true. So it's like you can see it from her point of view. So there's points where you'd be like, oh, man, I can't believe you did that. But then you'd be like, yeah, but actually, I can kind of see why she would do that. So it's that interesting kind of, you know, thing with that. But it's also, we then wonder what happens with, uh, you know, old little Amber as well. Because, like, nothing is completely boom, boom, that's it, that's done. So you are like at the end, thinking like, oh, so what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know what I mean? like, where are we going from here? <laughs> yeah, uh, Hellbender 2 answers all that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever thought about like expanding the work into, you know, a sequel or, a, you know, a, a, a web episode kind of thing, you know? I love the idea of that. I mean, for one, I think Hellbender would be a kick-ass comic book, to be honest. Like, I can mm. just picture it. But I also think that there's room for a pretty cool sequel where, you know, Izzy goes on tour and on a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it could definitely be a thing, you know? Be like... Why do the groupies keep on disappearing? What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think it would be more like, why does that record company executive keep disappearing? <laughs> That'll get the audience cheering. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Are you bring? Are you, is when the film drops? Are you dropping the songs as a soundtrack to go with? <laughs> We are going to have a soundtrack. It's going to come out a little later this spring by Ship to Shore, and they're they're making the vinyl. There are 20 songs on it, and half of them aren't even in the film, and they're really good. 
Yeah, we wrote a lot of songs for this film. And, you know, like you can't put 23 songs in a soundtrack. So a lot of them hit the floor. But um, they all are written with Hellbender in mind. So all the songs are about the story of Hellbender. So it's pretty fun. It's a pretty cool little album. Um, and like, but our band Hellbender is Hellbender where all the E's are sixes because, you know, hell, Satan and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what are you in the band as well, Lulu? Do you get to yeah, do your thing? In there. All of us do a little bit in each of it. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> so what do you, um, like what's been the response on the festival circuit to the film? That's a really good question. I it's the, one of our favorite things about the film festival circuit is that you do get to have that response from, you know, the audience and critics <clears throat> and really see what they think. And uh I think that the response has been wonderful. People have been so nice, but also I'm nervous to read uh comments and stuff like that so i always have john and toby give me like the summary of what people have been saying actually toby reads them i i also am nervous about reading them so toby always reads and then she says oh you can read this one <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes we think we make films kevin just to get to the festivals because the festivals are so much fucking fun you meet incredible people we've been to fright fest in london and and made some great friends for life. And mayhem. Yeah, and then we yeah we couldn't. This Hellbender was playing at at celluloid screams and mayhem and you know um, Soho Horror. So uh, England, you know, the UK has been been good to us. But the the festivals really hit home how wonderful the horror community is. For people who love blood and guts and burning your grandma. They're the nicest, cuddliest, smartest, most wonderful people. <laughs> also for us, um, festivals are our film school because the audiences and the, like the critics at film festivals, they're so well versed in horror. And we learn so much from every single festival. The conversations that we have are, it's, it's basically like we're trying to get our, you know, our master's degree. And the best place to do it is that is at these film festivals, learning from the audience. Interesting. Now, how do you balance that out, right? Because there's always going to be people that, you know, will watch it. And however good something is, be like, eh, I didn't like that. Or, oh, they should have taken a story there. Oh, no, that wasn't, no, the music wasn't good and that doesn't work and like it seems sometimes that people just want to be contrary you know because it's like I think it's everyone has their own taste so that's fair but sometimes you read comments and you see things and you're just like what like what did you watch you know what I mean or what did you come into the film thinking so yeah. how do you kind of balance that out with I, I'd like to get some good feedback from people to help us with the next project but yeah. that feedback is just ludicrous and that person's a moron like how do you you know understand like oh no this is valid eh, let's not mess with that that's such a great question Toby how do you do it I want to know how you do it you know I think I come, you know, someone was asking us yesterday about this new film we're making and, and how are we going to make sure people like it and the pressure? And 
I listened to that and I, and I respect what that person's saying, but my thought was, well, first and foremost, we have, we as creative people need to stretch our muscles. We need to try things and at the risk of people not liking what we do, because I'm not sure everybody wants to see another, the deeper you dig or the hellbender. How are we going to grow as filmmakers if we don't try shit? So my first instinct is kind of selfish is like, well, no, I have a vision and I'm going to make it and you may not like it, but as long as I put my whole fucking heart into it, at least I'll know, well, it has integrity. It wasn't your taste. That's cool. There's some things people love that I think is, is shit. So I, I, I can pretty much let it go as long as we're, we're doing the best that we can as filmmakers. <clears throat> I don't worry too much. I, I learn from them. But I, but if something really means a lot to me, and there's something that I think we need to do, then I'm not. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I think one thing that I'm coming to terms with it, that um, took me a long time is, and probably the whole world's coming to terms with is a lot of social media is people throwing dog shit in each other's faces, and that's the entertainment value of it. So when someone throws dog shit in our face. It, obviously it doesn't feel good. And at first I'm like, holy shit, this is a vicious like review or comment on our movie. But where we learn is from the people, like if somebody doesn't like our movie, I don't mind that. I really like if they can actually tell me why, because yes. I would like to know why, like, like, like if someone wants to say, you know, the color correction was shit because uh, the whites were too blown out. If they actually have a real reason that they can explain to me, and then I can go in and look and be like, holy crap, they're right about that. I could improve on that. That's helpful. But the review that says, um, boy, I wish I could get my hour and 20 minutes back. Those are the ones that you know are just people just trying to exercise their own demons. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that's, that's a fair thing because, you know, I, I think it, it's fair to talk about things. And if you're you know, analytical about it and be like, you know, I, I loved the way the film started, but when it when it kind of separated into this thing, I, I don't know, I wasn't as connected to it. Like, I think mean, you can make that comment, but just to be like, kind of blue. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, those what guys are retire them for the next movie and chop their head off. And yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. So where do you get like the inspiration from? Do you watch, do you what? because this is a thing, right? Because I think I try, you know, I, I, I try and dabble with a little stand up. And so it's sometimes you don't want to watch stand up specials, but you're like, ah, I don't want to, you know, watch it and accidentally take a joke right it's sitting in the subconscious and you'd be like oh this sounds good and you're like yeah because dave chappelle said it last month and you're like "Ah, what am i doing so it's just like how how you know watching things and not like completely taking them like being inspired by stuff is always fine but yeah how do you kind of balance the creativity and so you're bringing something new to the screen and and putting your twist on things that's a really cool question. Yes, that's the greatest question, right? You know, I think that we we love to watch movies, but I think we always like to watch them to get us in the mood or to inspire us. But then I know for me personally, then I like to kind of 
chop it all up into little pieces, only keep a few floating around in my head and blow the other confetti like away. Because I think it's important for us to be as original as possible. And sometimes when you're trying to emulate something, yeah, it's like you said, it, it's not it's not yours. And there's something to be said about your instincts. And we're four really weird people. So our instincts end and up stupid. in something <laughs> like like Hellbender. And uh, so, yeah, I think we I think we just try not to follow the rules or think too hard. You know, this is a great question. Um, and here's a great illustration of what Toby's talking about. We're making a movie right now called When the Devil Roams, and it's set in the 1930s. So all, it's a period piece, and it's basically Bonnie and Clyde meets Frankenstein. So already you can tell when you're a production company of four, we are way over our head, right? And so, but that's cool, and that's fun. That's going to create originality just because we're over our head, and we need to survive, and we need to come up with tricks to make this happen. So we watched Nightmare Alley, the new Nightmare Alley. Guillermo del Toro. And so as soon as it came on, I looked at Toby and I was like, oh, we're, we're just so fucked. Because this movie is immaculately produced. It is beautiful to its core. But in about 20 minutes, I realized, oh, you know what? We're not fucked because we're going to do everything that they're not doing. Our movie's going to be so dirty. And so like the production, like design will be so dirty and broken. It will be the antithesis of this. And, mm. and that's so in a way, I'm, we look at a lot of movies and say, okay, they did this and they did it perfectly. So what's the opposite of it? How can we do what they did opposite? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and what is a good, I mean, What's a good story, but what's a good horror for you? You know, because there's so many, like, it, it's a weird one, right? Because you, I think people say horror, but it's not one thing. It's like, you know, jazz and rap and, you know, comedy. There's so many different genres of. So, like, for you, what is, you know, a great horror? Uh, for me we talk about it a lot and like what actually scares us i think uh the descent is a really good horror film yeah it plays on fears people didn't even know that they had each of us watched that film and we were like am i claustrophobic and what (laughs) i never felt this way before and if a movie can like evoke emotions emotions that you haven't felt before that's just incredible I love movies that have creep factor. Uh, two examples are The Ring. Like the, the Ring is very good at capturing creepiness. And the other one is um, Hereditary. And the, the best example is when the mother's kind of shadow is up on the ceiling in a scene and they don't make a big deal out of it. And you're not even sure you saw it. I love when a movie can capture the feeling we all have when we turn out the light at the bottom of the basement and get our ass up the steps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I like I like the kind of horrors that threaten everything you love and make you rethink what's right in the world. Something like the witch, you know, where at the end you're like, go with the devil, babe. 
<laughs> I want something sweet to eat. Delicious. <laughs> so funny. Sick <laughs> yeah, Toby goes and makes it dark. Thanks, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> Loving mom. That's why Lulu's sitting in between us, you know. It's like, oh, she won't eat her kid, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> mine's a bit more, I think, cliche, but something that always got me as a kid was Saw. Um, and I actually used to watch it in Russian to try to make it funny, and it never made it funny at all. I just had even less of a clue what was going on. But it did as I've gotten older, I kind of realized, you know. Because me as a little kid, it made me think of all like the things I'd done. Oh, I stole the cookie jar from this. Oh, I stayed up and I told them I was taking a nap, but I was actually watching the Sopranos over their shoulder. <laughs> things like that where I was like, oh my God. And now as an adult, thinking about those things coming back to you, like being killed or tortured by your worst features or what you do. You know, if you're a heroin addict and you get pushed into a tub of needles and mm. When someone else pushes you and their forces to, you know, I don't want to overdose via somebody else, you know, but it's very possible that you can do it on your own. Things like that, that just expand on your real fears. That was what got me in like those games. I'd played enough games of tag and hide and seek my whole childhood. It felt too real for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think that was just really just creepy and the cube. The, like just uh, the going into the different bits and then new things were happening and you're just like, oh shit. It was so this creative. Oh, yeah. Man, we were on a road trip at the time when I watched it and there were white speed limit signs everywhere and I swore it was Saw watching me from afar. I was like, they're coming to get my 12-year-old ass for I don't know what I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, this is funny, man. Oh man, that no, I I think it's 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 really interesting. You all have a, you know that different kind of feel for the genre, and I think that must really help the whole storytelling process because you're all going to be bringing something completely, you know, new to the scenes and everything like that. Like, do you find that your styles behind the camera are drastically different yeah I think so for sure um we each bring our own different kind of point of views into it I know Toby you know grew up on theater so she loves these like static beautiful shots kind of like you're looking at a wide stage uh, personally I've grown up on a lot of films and like Wes Anderson I love movement so that's something I kind of look to do when I'm behind the camera but when Toby's behind the camera, maybe she'll look towards more static shots. And it's cool when, when we're in the editing process, seeing which way works best. Sometimes it's one or the other. Yeah, because I, I think when we're watching it and we have the scene of you going to um, find Amber and you're going kind of up the, up the river, up the waterfall kind of thing. And so, you know, the camera's kind of moving with your steps and we see you for, like, underneath and you know all of that that was like a real interesting take from going from yeah the wider shot now a more intimate kind of shot and we're with you a bit more I, that, that was an interesting kind of change in the pace of the film 
Well, that's Thank a great you. example of Zelda bringing in her eye to the film. The reason those shots happened, Zelda, we had just bought the Ronin, which you wanted us to buy. Yeah, you know, our last film, we just had a tripod and our camera. But this one, since I love movement, we got a lot more new equipment, like a Ronin allowed us to have a steady cam, And we also got a drone. And this was movement that like we had never experienced before. So it was so fun working with those new devices. You bought new devices and you tried them straight out on your new film. Like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trust us, we shot. So we didn't know what the hell we were doing. And first of all, Zelda crashed the drone on day one in the first 20 minutes into the side of a cliff. <laughs> and I had to save it because luckily she crashed it and wedged it in between a tree that was growing out the side of this 500 foot cliff. And then, and then we shot like I don't know about three hours of footage with that Ronin because we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. And so, out of that three hours of insane footage of Zelda hopping on slippery rocks, we got like like about six seconds of footage. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I it sounds like it's a lot of fun shooting with you guys. It is. <laughs> It wasn't so fun when she crashed the drone. All of us panicked for a second. That part wasn't fun. It was fun as soon as we had the drone again back in our hands. It was fun watching you lean over the cliff to grab it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everybody stand back. I'm going to lean over this cliff. Don't get near me. (laughs) Oh, dear, dear. (laughs) And do you do anything to... um, Get yourselves in the mood for a day of shooting. Is there certain music you put on, something you watch? Do you, do you kind of do a huddle, have a, a certain talk? Like, what, what do you do? That's such a great question. I love that. You know what? We eat a lot. <laughs> we just are always around the table eating something. And we're like, oh, five minutes we're gonna shoot eat because we're shooting and we don't know when we'll be back for lunch and don't complain if you're out there and hungry (laughs) well um hopefully it isn't uh you know the things that were in the pot (laughs) it's it's better food (laughs) yes exactly you should see our spaghetti though yeah runny red sauce You know, it's funny, though, like we we have been making movies, though, nonstop for 10 years. So in a way, it's kind of just a part of our life now. Like it's not uh, it's not really like work. It's not like, okay, we got to go to work. And it's not even like when the girls played soccer, like when we would go to soccer games, it was like we'd have to play system of a down and ACDC right before they went out on the fields. Cause let's fucking kick their ass, you know? And, but this is different because, you know, after breakfast we're shooting or, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's kind of just woven into our life. So it's very normal. There's a camera. we always have a camera. We always have our mics. I don't know. Yeah. Kevin, like John said, up above us, we're about to shoot something right now. I, I mean, right after we talk, finished talking with you and there's we left the set kind of in disarray from yesterday so we could reshoot there's like a chopped off hand there's blood and shattered mirror all over the floor you know if someone walked in there they would be like holy shit you know what went down here 
<clears throat> and we're just going to go right from you. We're going to walk upstairs, get in our clothes, and there you go. Yes. Today we have to get Toby to stick a mirror shard in Lulu's neck. So, you know, just regular old family fun. True yeah. bonding. Hey. I love my fun. <laughs> I blunted the mirror shard a little, but not too much. It's got to be effective and real. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are gonna make one therapist real happy in the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh good. So, do you have a, a, a? Is there a plan for this next film? Are you? Have you got a date in mind when you're looking to have it ready and? hit this you know the festival circuit again we we have to stop shooting in april because the snow's gone and this one's definitely only a late fall through the winter movie so we have to be done by april and usually it, it takes about another five months to kind of like just that editing process to just wind down until you're done so i don't know where that puts us but April, April, May, June, July, August, September. Maybe, hopefully, in the fall. Okay. Cool. Right. Yeah, that sounds great. When hopefully, once it's all done, you'd be kind enough to stop by. You know, Ooh, you'd be kind We're enough lovely. to have us, please. Yeah, You're a lot of fun to yeah. talk to. You I love to stand up. Yeah, we right exactly. If you do ten minutes of stand up at the beginning of the set. <laughs> hey i'm open to any offers people <laughs> as long as you don't mind getting the hand chopped off or turning into graffiti or i mean I, confetti. I got a question for you uh how do you like so some comedians like i was i've been in um like punk rock bands my whole life and how do you deal how do you like hecklers like I love tecklers because they only fed into our punk rock vibe. Like usually the heckler had wished they had never heckled us because we would just go there with them immediately. And an insult to us was like the highest praise, you know? So it was like, they would think they would be jabbing us with a jab and we'd be like, Oh my God, we love it. How about you? Have you dealt with any hecklers yet? Um, Not, not really anything crazy, but it's, the, the, it's always a weird thing for me like being on stage because like my eyesight is pretty short so I can't really see what the hell anyone is doing you know what I mean so when, if someone says anything it's just like where did that come from <laughs> you, you just commented you know what I mean yeah. but it's just like you just have to be careful of what you say because sometimes you think of something and you're like oh you're saying that okay Okay, and then you be like, actually, I can't say that. <laughs> if I say <laughs> that, I'll go crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> My ass is out, so I better hard it down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> that, that's a great point about comedy. Like, I think comedians, number one, have to be the smartest of us all. And bravest. And the bravest. And they walk such a high tightrope, because especially these days, there's so many uh, no-nos that even in comedy, it's a, a gray area. So, mm. yeah, I can imagine it can be pretty hard to kind of uh, come up with 
subject matter that you that's pushing the boundaries, but not pushing you out of getting uh, excluded from all of the comedy clubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's just all about intent, right? It's the way you, because everyone knows the way you say something. Right. right? It, it, it's just like, it's in that tone of voice and how you're doing it and all of that kind of thing. But I think some people sometimes just want to be offended, you know? Oh, like, yeah. it, it was crazy because I used to have a friend come along with me and I had a joke about red flags. And I was always like, it was something along the lines of if a girl tells me her best friend is a mum, it's a red flag because, like, I don't care about her being a friend with her mom, but is her personality that bad? No one of her own age wants to hang out with her? What's this saying? And my, and my friend, he's, he was married. He has a daughter. He's like, my daughter's best friend to her mom. What, what, do you, what do you mean? I'm like, yo, I wasn't talking about you. Like, it's a joke. He's like, yeah, but what are you saying? I'm like, it's a joke, man. It's a joke. Come on, calm down. <laughs> exactly, 100%. How did you like Dave Chappelle's uh, show, his latest? Because that got him in some hot water. Uh, I mean, it was all a bit crazy. Like, Chappelle is just hilarious and just... The way you can tell a story, right? It, it's that change in pitch, the change in tone, the delivery, just the way the pauses, just all of that really go into telling a story. And yeah. when you and you have to listen to it to go, yeah. oh, he's talking about this, right? Because he's talking about a friend of his who was yeah. trans who killed herself. Right. So it's just a bit like he's not going all oh, trans people are blah, blah, blah. He, he's talking about a specific thing that happened so it just seemed a bit like what are you actually doing when you're trying to cancel him and you're complaining yeah. about this like what are you did you actually listen to it because like you kind of feel a lot of times when people talk about stuff when people retweet and they do all of that they haven't actually watched the thing they're just going on, oh, all these people are angry. I'm going to be angry with them. Yeah, let's go. You know? And it, it just feels like, oh, people, let's just understand. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But it doesn't mean it's not for anyone, right? right. It's like when I watch films, there's films that I will watch and I'll be like, that's not for me. Right. That's like I watched a film the other day called The Hating Game. It's a, it was an adaptation of some book. It was a rom-com. And I've got nothing against rom-coms. Right. There's some that I really enjoy, like Away We Go, I think is just so damn good. That Richard Linklater before Trilogy. I love those films. You know what I mean? But this one, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But it's like. I can watch it and go, okay, if you enjoyed this film or you read these books and you liked them, this will speak to you. Right. You know? So yeah. I'm, I, don't, I don't care that it exists. I have nothing. Like, I wouldn't be like, take it down, burn it, destroy it. I'm like, yo, it's got its place. It's just <laughs> not me. You know what I mean? And I, I think that's the attitude we need to have a lot of the time you know just enjoy the things you enjoy you know keep yourself open because there's so many times when i've been like 
I don't know if I'd like that. And someone's like, no, check it out. And you watch it and or read it or listen. You'd be like, oh, shit, that's incredible. You know what I mean? So I think we all, we should keep ourselves open to things. But yeah, just, people need just to relax a little. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm, totally. I'm 100% with you. And I think it kind of refers back to what we talked to earlier in the conversation, which is if you don't like it, that's great. I would love to just know why that's all. Mm. And, and in a night, you know, just like, let's talk about it. Move on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That it's a little bit of a shame with horror. Cause a lot of people that we all know, I feel like we know someone who's like, I hate horror. It is not my thing. Horror like sucks or just are really against it but have seen like something when they were a kid or they watched one or two movies and they were older that were all like jump scare movies or are all paranormal movies. And something that I think we love the most about horror is you can do all the other genres in addition to horror, but the minute that you add horror to like a comedy, you know, it's a horror, not a comedy. So people don't end up watching those if they're into comedy. Mm. But, you know, like you watch the scary movies, they still have like a, the, like the, the kind of skit ones they're still funny as fuck some of them and you do get a little bit of those horror like sometimes they have some scariest shots a little bit too but with horror you can still add i think you said something like this earlier you can still add comedy you can still add drama you can still add a love story you can still add all these goofy or almost contrasting things but they don't actually contrast because you know you're telling a life story at some point and life is not just horror just this, yeah. just just drama that it's always a shame people are like oh i don't like horror you know and it doesn't mean just that they don't want to watch our movie but any and i'm like there's so much good shit out there like oh my god you might realize you love cult psychology and get into this or you might love jump scares because it makes you fucking feel something that other movies don't no i th i think that's a really you know great point because i think some because you know there's always the genre of the film or the book or the music but sometimes there's these things that just sit between the cracks right and it's just like that label can often put people off something and it's just like ah like how do we get around this you know what i mean how do we get past this because it, you know what i mean it, it, yeah people are missing out it, it, it's 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 a funny thing right because i i often get sent a lot of horror to review and look at and I have to plan my viewing time because there's some of this shit I ain't watching past nine o'clock, right? I live on my own and there's <laughs> sometimes there's these noises and shit and I'm just like, maybe these people are right. Maybe humans <laughs> like, what's going on? Is that a shadow? Oh, and that's the other thing about being having bad eyesight because you don't know. You're like, oh. is there something in the corner? I don't know. I can't see that. <laughs> I think there's something there. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, I need to watch this shit during the day. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's relentless creep factor, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, you get a stiff neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like pitch black, you know, there, there can't be any shadows. <laughs> light everything. <laughs> but you know, it is, I think it's because 
I don't know. It's, it's, I think everything's very subjective, right? So it's, I don't know how you do get past that thing of going, no, 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 no. It, yes, it, yeah, it's classified as a horror, but this one's funny, or it's not as scary as this, or it's funny. Because it's just like, you might say, oh, it's not very scary. And then someone watches it and goes, oh, my God, that's terrifying. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's just right. like, my, my parents don't eat spice, right? Don't eat spice. And I remember years back when I was a kid and we were like, oh, can we get, get some Kentucky Fried Chicken? And like, I don't know. I'm like, yo, no, no, no. Popcorn chicken is not spicy. It's not, you'll be fine with it. And they got popcorn chicken. They put them in and like, <gasps> I thought you said it wasn't spicy. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? spicy. <laughs> How are you? It's not spicy. What's wrong with you people? You know, you know what I mean? So it's just like telling someone, no, that isn't scary. You know I mean? It's not yeah. scary for you, but it might fuck them up. You know I mean? That's what happened. Zelda mentioned the descent. When the descent when the descent came out in 2003, maybe I took one of my best friends to see it. And and afterwards, she was just so pale, and she's like, "Toby, I don't do horror." And I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm well, a. I didn't know people didn't do horror. I didn't know that there was like a species of humans that just didn't do horror, <laughs> and there is. And B, it was like, yeah, it was it was scary for me, but not to the extent that she was. A. She was she hated me because of what I had I had taken her to, and I just we just looked at it very differently. Oh man, I you know with that one, I I think it might be you know what Lulu said earlier because I mean something you watch some films and you'd be like, and you in your mind you feel oh, I'm fine with this thing, but you won't be like, am I claustrophobic? Does that make me uncomfortable? Like, am I? And I don't realize it. You know, because I I think sometimes these things and it is the sign of a great story where it makes you think about what would you do if you were in that situation? You know what I mean? Because I think there's times that you think, oh, if someone attacks me with a knife, I'm going to fight them off. You know, I'm going to do this. And then it, it might happen in real life and you run. And then you have to look at yourself and be like, yo, everything's on its head, man. I'm in the upside down. What the fuck is happening, right? Yeah. And so it's just like you, you want certain things and be like am I claustrophobic? Like, what the fuck would I do if I was trapped in a cave? You know, and I think it's that's the thing that fucks you up rather than, oh, there's monsters down here as well. You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> I think these close yeah. spaces would fuck with me. That's actually one of my favorite scenes in Hereditary was when the young boy knocks his sister's head off and goes home and doesn't say a word and goes up and lies down in his bed. It's just like, what the fuck? And then you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe that is what I would do too. Like, it's so twisted, you don't think about it. And if you were made, like, it's so clever of that filmmaker to be like, okay, he's not gonna scream, it's not gonna be mm. what we're all used to. He's gonna knock this kid's head off, leave the body in the car, not say a word, go upstairs and lie down. It's incredible. Like, I love that shit. Yeah, I, I think when you... Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 go. No, he's just done similar things in horror movies. He's tried to scare the shit out of Zelda and I on some of our walks at night. <laughs> 
And he like realized like I was pretty loud from afar, so he knew it was me. <laughs> but Zelda and I were going on a night walk when we were filming Hellbender. And we went on a walk along the Washington coast, I believe it was. And it was like a moonlight night, but you could kind of see a little bit of figures in the far distance. John might be able to describe this better, but. No, I just learned something very important about both my daughters is I crept up on them while they were having a private conversation. I put my hood up and I came up like this and they didn't see me because they were busy blabbing. And when they turned, one of them went like this, ready to fight and the other one just took off <laughs> and i was like awesome i've raised them both perfectly one plants her feet right in the fucking ground and just getting ready to throw some fists and the other one's like i'm faster than you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, it's the old, and the, the other funny thing about the whole story is it's like it's the old joke about you know when the grizzly bear comes and one guy starts putting on taking off his hiking boots and putting on his sneakers and he's like his friend says, you can't outrun that bear. And he says, I don't have to. I just got to outrun you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, John, was it the, the, was it the one that you thought would do the thing? That's the question. Oh, I knew exactly who was going to do what. There is no doubt. This was not hereditary. <laughs> Nobody surprised me. Everybody did exactly what I expected. <laughs> and they're both good choices, Zelda. Zelda feels bad now. But I'm like, Zelda, it's a good choice. It's a very good choice. I was so much bigger than you guys. <laughs> I was going to go and call the cops, you know? So. Yeah, Zelda's <laughs> going to get I might have left to fight this guy. <laughs> I'm also very careful when I scare um, this one to stay just out of swinging distance. <laughs> I, I I think yeah, I think that's a good thing because listen, people get bent out of shape if you hit them, but it's just like yeah, but yeah, <laughs> you crept up on me. What would you, right, you exactly? Ask for it. You know what I mean? I, I one time I used to work at a cinema, and the the security guard at the cinema always thought he was a cool dude and would always try and do certain things. But it was just like, oh, son, chill. Yeah. And I, I was in the main office one day and he crept up on me and grabbed my shoulder. And I flipped him over, <laughs> I flipped him over onto a table and he's just <laughs> lying there like, oh, oh. I'm like, yo, you crept up on me. What did you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> Got what he deserved. That. <laughs> that's a great reflex, too. That's way more cool looking. <laughs> I gotta say, you never want if you ever find yourself in the same room with a sleeping John, don't wake him up. <laughs> because when he wakes up, he's a serial killer. He's an axe murderer. He he will, you know, come at you with fists. If there's a knife nearby, he'll probably stab you. And if his he, eyes are still closed half the time. And 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 I can't tell you how many times I thought I was gonna die because I, I have to, I have had to learn to gently, babe, it's time to wake up. Because otherwise he's like, <laughs> who wants to get fucked up? Literally, that comes out of his mouth. I can sorry. imagine the dreams he's having. I'm sorry. <laughs> so funny. I didn't mean to. Uh, oh, like, it's good. Just, it's just like me. I. I 
I think the funniest thing would be if the films you made were all rom-coms. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, hearing all of this, you'd be like, yeah, it makes sense you make horror. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if it'd be like, yeah, we make wholesome, wholesome rom-coms, you'd be like, yo, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yo, guys, um, you have been fantastic. Because I realised... <laughs> You need to shoot your film, right? You, there's only so, so many more days of snow and shit. I, I can't keep you, but this has been uh, just such a great conversation. I really appreciate you giving me your time. And Hellbender, Hellbender is such a great film. So thank you for making it because I enjoyed the fuck out of that film. And I can't wait for the soundtrack to drop because... I was jamming to the songs. I like, yeah, if you're a mountain. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, Kevin, thanks for having us today. This has been a great conversation. Really nice to talk with you. And thanks for watching our movie and giving it your mind and your thoughts. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, yeah. no worries, man. And yeah, I cannot wait for, for the next one. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, when this drops some shudder um, tomorrow, hey, I, I'm sure the peoples are gonna love it. I'm sure they're gonna love it because yeah, you know, just everything from the camera work, the story, the acting, it was all on point, people. So oh. hey, congratulations on the film, and just continue doing what the hell you do because hey, you're doing it right. Thank Thanks you. so Thank you. much for having us today. Hey, no worries. Enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Have a good Peace. day. Bye. Bye, Z. Bye. Yo, people, did I not tell you this was going to be fire? Did I not tell you this was going to be fire? Right? How good was that? How great was that family? You know what I mean? Zelda, Lulu, Toby, John. Damn. Those people were fun, right? And trust me, you want to see the film. The film is great. It's one of those films. It's you remember how we talked about the tangle, right? And clairvoyant. It's one of those films. It, it's got that uniqueness. It is it, it, it's great. It's great. And once you finish, you're going to want more. So, hey, it's great that they're working on the next piece. And hopefully, people, we can get them to stop by the pod. You know what I mean? But trust me, I ain't waiting that long. Because I'm going to go try and check out their other films. Because, boy, if Hellbender is anything to go by, I need that shit in my life. And once that album drops, I'm getting that too. You know what I mean? So, people, follow them. Yo, follow the links and go check out the film on Shudder. Go do it, people. All right? And if you haven't checked out part one, go check that. All right? Until then, people, enjoy your film watching. Peace.